This Augusta Golf Show podcast is brought to you by Audi Augusta. Online at AudiAugusta.com. Well, Peter Jacobson won seven times on the PGA Tour. He also won twice on the PGA Tour champions. Both of those were major championships. Peter calls golf for NBC and Golf Channel. It is a pleasure to welcome Peter Jacobson to the Augusta Golf Show, unbelievably, for the very first time. How are you, Peter? Well, I'm good. I'm good. It's good to be with you, John. It's uh, When you said Augusta, one of my favorite places in the world for golf, as you well know. Absolutely. Why'd you stop playing? Well, I'm, I'm still playing a little bit, but my body has just, I won't say it's completely fallen apart, but I've had a couple of I've had a couple of hip replacements, a knee replacement, and I'm I'm 66 years old now. And the, I think about two two names that are turning 50 this year: <laughs> Phil Mickelson and Jim Furyk. Mm-hmm. And when I think about competing against those two, I uh, I think about maybe grabbing grabbing a drink and putting my feet up and watching them play. <laughs> it's uh, so it's. Uh, I, we're close to the time that I shouldn't play anymore, but I'm going to give it a. I'm going to give a few more weeks to try. You play for fun. I play definitely for fun. I've always played for fun, John. I, okay. I've ever since I started playing the tour. It, it, to me, being on on the PGA Tour and having a chance to to win a PGA Tour event or really win any golf tournament is a dream come true. I started out playing as a kid. I loved the game of golf and. I ended up making a career of it, so I, I feel like I'm the luckiest guy in the world to be able to do that. You know, I mentioned your Champions Tour major championships, and people might not realize this nor remember it. You're a USGA champion. you got to be enormously proud of that. I'm extremely proud, and, and that's one thing that drove me my whole career. I came from a family of golfers, and my mom and dad were both members of the USGA. And my had uh, two brothers and a sister, so we always played golf, and we always competed in the USGA championships. I played as a in the junior, I played in the amateur, the U.S. Open, and then finally to win the U.S. Senior Open was was just a just incredible, and certainly the proudest moment of my career. You got the trophy. I, I get that. Uh, you spent the money. Any other memento? Did you keep anything from that open? Wow, that's. I will tell you a cute little story. When I won the open, senior open at Bell Reeve in St. Louis, they asked. They my wife and I were there, and they asked us if we'd go to a reception with the members. And of course, after you win a big event like that, you'll do anything. <laughs> so I went up. I went up to the clubhouse and. They had, oh, they maybe had maybe 60 members in there and brought the trophy and started drinking a little booze and started having fun. Then all of a sudden I noticed that there were fewer and fewer people in the room. Well, I, being being totally delirious with a victory and maybe a couple of cocktails, uh, I didn't realize it was like 11 o'clock at night. The general manager walked up to me and very jokingly handed me the keys and said, look, when you're done, would you lock up, please? Because we've all got to get to bed. And I should have kept those keys. Can you imagine the access? 
Can you imagine the access I'd have today to Bell Reeve Country Club? That's great. We are talking with Peter Jacobson here on the Augusta Golf Show. You know, I've never had the chance to say this to you. Uh, today, every sporting event is on television. If it's a big event and it's not on TV, we feel cheated. But there was a time that wasn't the case. And many years ago, you had the Fred Meyer Challenge. And that was out in Oregon. And that was on television at night on the East Coast. God, Peter, those, those were so much fun. That, that just looked like a great time. Yeah, it really was. It was an event that uh, a bunch of guys and I wanted to put together to have a tour event in Portland, Oregon, but there was no week available on the schedule. So we shoehorned it in on a Monday and a Tuesday, and we put it on ESPN, and we taped delayed it, and we ran it prime time on the East Coast. And we had everybody. We had Jack, Jack Nicholas, Arnold Palmer, Lee Trevino, Curtis Strange, Greg Norman, uh, Ernie L, Sergio, Theoric, Mickelson, you name it. We had everybody. And it was back in the day when the money wasn't as as huge as it is now. This was before money exploded. Yeah. And the players came for a guarantee. And nowadays, you couldn't get these guys to come and do something like that. Uh, it's just too, it's, it's financially impossible. You couldn't be able to do it, but... We hit it at just the right time. Plus, the rights fees with the PGA Tour being on television, they weren't they weren't even on the book. So we actually came at a perfect time. And out of the Fred Bar Challenge, John grew this, some events, Tom Lehman's event up in Minneapolis, mm-hmm. Greg Norman's event, the Shark Shootout, which is still going on today, uh, Billy and Brad, Brad Faxon and Billy Andre's event up in Providence, Rhode Island, called the CBS Charity Classic. Uh, these events all grew out of the Fred Meyer Challenge, and I'm really proud of that. And to this day, a lot of players, uh, and up up to Arnold's death a couple of years ago, Arnold always used to talk about how much fun he had. It was a best ball event, and it was basically about giving back to the fans and playing for TV and kind of mugging for the camera, and it was just a great way to be able to get a more of a closer look at these great players. Yeah, it was great fun. It really was. You know, speaking of events like that, what did you think of last weekend? What did you think of Rory and Dustin and Matthew and Ricky? I loved it. I think what's going on right now with this pandemic, we needed that. And I give them all the credit in the world. I give everybody, uh, Seminole, NBC, the players, everybody involved, the sponsors, TaylorMade and and uh, um, United Healthcare, everybody that was involved in that, I think they 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 put their their uh, their the correct foot forward. And anybody that's going to rip them, I think it's it's a little bit unfair. I've read some yeah. critiques of the event; the players didn't play well, things like that. But uh, let's keep this in perspective. And I'm looking forward to the event this weekend with Tiger, Phil, uh, Tom Brady, and Peyton Manning. It's it's a way to get live sports back on TV in a fun and humorous and still competitive way and raise a lot of money for charity. So the other thing I loved about Seminole, I've played Seminole quite a few times, yeah. but that was the first time Seminole was ever televised. And I think people got a real good look at kind of a mysterious golf club that is talked about, but very few people get a chance to see it. 
you know, Peter, Jimmy, I had Jimmy Dunn on the show last week, and he said to me, what you often hear about Augusta National, he said, you're going to look at Seminole, and it's a Florida golf course, and it looks like it has some elevation, but he says, like the National, you got to be there to see just how much elevation it has. It was interesting. I, was, I did. I talked to Gary Koch a couple of weeks ago, my colleague at NBC Sports and Golf Channel, and we we both played in the Seminole Pro member quite a few times. And on my podcast, I asked Gary, does he ever see that type of elevation change in a Florida golf course? And he said, that's the one key when you get to Seminole and have a chance to play it. And the beauty of Donald Ross's original design is there are very few greens and tees that are down in the flat. Everything plays up across and along the sand dunes that are right on the beach uh, at the Atlantic Ocean right there in Juneau Beach, Florida. So, yeah, it's really interesting. You can't see it on TV just like at Augusta, but it is such an interesting and fun design. I'm embarrassed. What's the name of the podcast? My podcast I do is called Jake's takes oh okay of course sure yeah and i've been doing it uh we're going on uh uh one year we started right. it uh, around june last year so uh, if anybody wants to take a listen yeah call jake's takes available where anybody gets their podcasts any yep, yep every every place you can get a podcast all right uh, let me fire some quick questions here at you before i let you yeah. go uh best ball striker you ever saw was Probably Lee Trevino. Yeah. Trevino had the crazy swing. He could he could maneuver the ball, usually left to right. Later on in his career, a little bit more of a draw, but 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 he could fit it through any little any little window, any hole, uh, if he found himself in, in any trouble. Best putter? Best putter would be Nicholas early on and then Ben Crenshaw. So you think Ben can putt? <laughs> um, ben can putt better than anybody. Um, who who did you never get the chance to play with that you wish you had? Ben Hogan. Yeah, I had a chance. I won the Colonial early in my career, so I had a chance to go to the past champions banquet and dinner every year at the at the Colonial down in Fort Worth. And Mr. Hogan would come to the dinner. And we'd have a chance to sit in a private room, all the past champions, and talk to Mr. Hogan. And if he remembered your name when you shook his hand, oh, my God, you melted into the floor like the Wicked Witch of the West. You just – I never had a chance to play with him or even watch him hit balls. That's one thing that I wish I could have done. We could go 10 minutes on this next question, but I, I just what was it like to play with Arnold? Being with Arnold or playing with Arnold was like going to school. Not and not in a golf sense. Obviously, Arnold had a had kind of a crazy fun swing. He'd lash at it. But being with Arnold in a public setting, and I was with him a lot yeah. out to dinner on a golf course after a, after a round, before a round. He never treated. He never had a bad day. He never treated anybody with disrespect. And I learned a lot from that. Just watching Arnold, he could have been with the gas station attendant or somebody at the store. Or the first he starter, it didn't matter. He always showed that respect that we all should show to our fellow human beings. And as like I said, it was like going to school and learning how to treat people, being with Arnold Palmer. 
Uh, boy, I envy you that you got the chance to do that as often as you did, even once. Um, all right. Yeah. I, yeah. It's, he, God, he was so special. He was. He was a wonderful guy, and uh, I'm so glad to see the Arnold Palmer Invitational still, still flourishing because uh, his memory and the legacy of his lessons need to live on. All right. Before I let you go, one of my favorite things about you is your ability to tell a story. Tell me a story. Well, we were talking about winning the U.S. Senior Open, uh, and I love to tell the story about back when we did the movie Tin Cup. Do you remember sure. Tin Cup, Roy sure. McAvoy? Mm-hmm. Well, a friend of mine, what, a friend of mine from Portland, Oregon, wrote wrote the screenplay along with uh, uh, Ron Shelton, and they wanted PGA Tour players to be in the in the film with Don Johnson and and Kevin Costner. So. They basically said, do you want to be in this show? And there were probably 15 or 20 of us, Stadler, Tommy Armour, Jerry Pate, Couples, uh, John Cook, uh, just on and on and on, Litsky. And I remember they were trying to find a guy that could be there on this specific day. And I was one of the few guys that could be there on this specific day. And uh, they said to me, okay, well, Peter, yeah, we need you here back on this day. Well, little did I realize it was going to be the day that they filmed the sequence of the final sequence. Mm-hmm. When Remember when Coster hit the green and on that last hole and the ball went back in the water? Yep. So I got to win the U.S. Open. But the funniest story of all was we were all there, probably four or five of us watching Costner try to reach the green on 18 to try to win the U.S. Open. And he had to go to a place in the fairway where he could hit three wood and maybe barely make it if he caught one because Ron Shilton had to rely on his athletic ability to get it from point A to point B. So when he found his spot and they shot that scene over and over and over, and it was great, it was fabulous. And we're all behind the camera watching this Ron Shilton, a genius at work. And then finally, when Costner must have hit 40 or 50 balls, we were done. And he said, okay, that's a wrap. We're going to go have lunch. Everybody break. And all the extras walked away. We, we walked over to the middle of the fairway with Co- where Costner was. And he was great to all of us. And he said, hey, and he's hitting three wood. <laughs> and he said, hey, guys, can you, can you get three wood from here to there? And we all walked over and looked at the yardage cap. And it was like 215. So players are dropping fours and fives and three <laughs> irons and knocking it on the green. And that pissed Costner off. He went, all right, guys, let's get out of here. Quit, <laughs> quit showing off. Let's go to lunch. <laughs> he, he, he is Peter Jacobs. Really, you think Ben Crenshaw can putt? He is. I do. Uh, I do. <laughs> Peter Jacobs. And Peter, thank you for taking the time to do this. I deeply appreciate it. And just promise me you'll come back. Anytime, John. You let me know.